to the same room. Hey roommates, on today's episode of The Same Room, we are going to be talking about saved and depressed. Yes, it is true, Christians also struggle with depression. Now, as a disclaimer, I am aware that the causes of depression can be complex and manifold, and so on today's episode, we are going to be centered on situational depression. This is when depressive episodes can be triggered by life changes, personal crisis, traumatic events. We're not going to be talking today on clinical or medical conditions. And so I am so excited about this conversation. Joining me would be Adrian Houghton and Angelica Wadu. Adrian is one of the amazing hosts on The Real, an actress, a singer. Angelica is one of our executive producers and also the founder of The Shade Room. This is a conversation you don't want to miss, so stay tuned. What do you think about, like, what's the first thought you think about when you hear or when you see in the news a pastor committing suicide? It's heartbreaking, but I think sometimes, I, I think till this day I still have issues sometimes with the professional Christian side. Mm -hmm. And I think I've never been in that situation where, like, I'm held on a platform that's so high that yeah. I can't imagine what those pressures are as a pastor, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know what those pressures are, but it makes me sad because I think it's so important to recognize that even people in leadership, they're human too. Exactly. And they go through the same things the rest of us do. And I think sometimes they're held to a higher standard and you have to remember that that person is not God. That's they're right. there just to lead you to God, but they are not God. They're just like you. They have their struggles. And um, obviously now being married to Israel, I hear more of sometimes the business side of church and it, it it can be it can be discouraging disappointing um there was so much I didn't know and then when you find out on the other side sometimes it can be really really sad yeah and so when you hear of a pastor committing suicide you're like but how does that make sense and then if you know and you've lived it on the other side um, it, it can actually make sense. The pressures can be too much to bear. Because even you highlighting um, Israel, yeah. I remember I was looking at, I was watching an interview that you both did, yes. and he talked about how the one thing you requested from him was honesty. Yeah. But he said it like he was shocked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't understand that because I'm, I'm too honest for my own good, too. I hate using the word real because it sounds so, you know. <laughs> I, I'm so real. <laughs> but I, I didn't understand a lot of his way of thinking. So I mm -hmm. would just view my own opinions. Like, well, why don't you just do this? Or why didn't you just do this? Mm -hmm. And we would have such honest conversations about stuff like that. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, well, well, that's dumb. Why didn't you think this way? And when he would explain to me why he thinks the way he, or the way he used to think, um, it made a lot of sense for, sense for a lot of how Christian culture sometimes and church culture sometimes can teach you how not to be honest when you grow up in church you sometimes are taught to put on this facade like yeah. everything is perfect god is good all the time and all the time god is good <laughs> and it almost becomes robotic mm -hmm. and i think if me as just somebody in the congregation can feel that way i can't even begin to imagine what somebody on the platform feels i was we were just yeah. saying a little bit ago when your, when your checks are dependent on your salvation, hmm. I can't imagine how it, like being a professional Christian, 
which that the sound of that sounds nuts to me in itself. Mm -hmm. But imagine if you are going through something, right? And obviously, if you are in leadership, the right thing most people would say was that you have to step down from ministry to work out what your issues yeah. are. So if you step down from ministry for three months, that's three months of no checks. That means now you can't provide for your family. Now you can't pay for the house that's that's over your children's heads. You can't. And so then you don't ask for the help that you might need. Because right. mm. you're like, well, if I say this is really what I'm struggling with, then I'm blacklisted. Because people think that when you're a pastor, you're supposed to be at the highest level of holiness. And you're supposed to have already gone through all of your struggles. No. You're supposed to <laughs> no. know how to react. You're supposed to never doubt because you know God's word. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's what people think. And also, even today, when it's like the pressure of having a big church and just being trendy yeah. and then being, you know, and then, and then being <laughs> on Instagram and having to have it's so yeah. it's like it's, it's so much. And I think that um, we, we forget that pastors are human. Yeah. You know, and if you step down for three months because you're going through something, like that's the, you know, when you're in the lowest part of your life, sometimes yeah. you have the greatest wisdom, you know what I mean, to pass on. Absolutely. And so I think that there needs to be that transparency. And pastors, anytime they say something that they're struggling with something, it's like, oh, you must not be anointed. You must not Correct. Be, or now I can't take word from exactly. you. Exactly. Because, and I love that my husband told me this and it's so crazy. Sorry to bring him up. But I, I just think probably a great example of what exactly we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But... He was like, yo, God, like literally God can use you at your lowest point. Mm -hmm. He was like, people were getting saved. People were telling me, you've changed my life. You've touched me. He's like, are you saying that what you experienced wasn't real? Because mm -hmm. guess what? Whatever you're finding out about now, I was in that at that time. Mm -hmm. And God still used me. And what, what do you guys think it's, you know, when you look at the reality of yeah. being saved and the perception that is given, yeah. because just like you mentioned, you know, when people look at pastors or even Christians at large, it's that we have to, you have to be perfect. You have to just, you know, you just came down the mountain talking to Jesus. I mean, <laughs> we were just talking before this, we were like, you, you, you were like, do people even know that you're a Christian? <laughs> you, know yeah. I mean? you look at me, I okay, know. I'm in the shade room and it's mm -hmm. like, you know, obviously uh, celebrity news and all that. And so... People look at me and I, I get called the devil all the time. Like I get emails saying, you're wow. the devil, you're the devil. Um, and you were saying there's different, Christianity doesn't look like one there's thing. No That's right. There's no blueprint. There's no blueprint for what it's it looks like. It's your journey. Like. Exactly. The actual right. definition of being a Christian is that you are trying to be Christ-like. And I think every day if we each individually wake up in the morning and say, God, make me more like you, make me sound more like you, make me be more of a mm -hmm. reflection of who you are, should I hold myself to a higher standard? Okay, like even somebody would say, yeah, but you have a platform. You have a platform of 14 whatever million people mm -hmm. you could use, you know, to be helpful. Okay, but... But so does the person that has a platform of three people. Exactly. That's like, right. you can't hold one person to a different standard. Right. And I, I get that it sounds like that would make sense, but this is not, it's not about making sense. It's actually a spiritual journey that yeah. you're on. And it's funny because even when we think of, let's say we think about the shade room, right. and then the people who mention, like, oh, you're the devil. But they follow the shade room. <laughs> yeah. Those are the things that are funny to yeah. me because mm -hmm. when you see someone that in your like your image of them is like, oh, this is not what it means to be Christian, yeah. but you follow what they talk about or you follow what they do. And I just think that when we look at the life of Jesus and we look at his disciples, like my thing is that let's always go back to him as yeah. the blueprint. When we look at the people that he said, these are my followers, these are the people who I'm gonna raise up to, you know, continue the work I'm doing, they were not perfect. 
And I think that just takes us into yeah. really talking about what it means yeah. to be safe, like what it means, because we had a conversation, we were talking about what does it look like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, yeah. or what does it look like to have the Holy Ghost? And one thing I have learned is that, one, you know, we talked about earlier even about that moment when yeah. we came into this place of desire and relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus, but the moment you desire, it's an invitation. It doesn't mean that your life the next day yeah. equals perfection, but it's that God, I'm opening up all my brokenness to you. Yeah. And it does, and God is not waiting for you to arrive at this place before mm -hmm. he says, oh, I want to use you. And I think that we have to recognize that God is more, you know, God looks at a willing heart, not a perfect heart. Yeah, well, exactly. That, that yeah. is to me, what yeah. you just described, that for me is being saved. And I think once your heart transforms, then yeah. little by little you start, you start to see the signs of that on the outside. Exactly. Yeah. And for me, bearing fruit, like yeah. when you think of what are the fruits of the Spirit, patience, kindness, like, you know, joy. Uh, and I think that you actually can see those things in people's eyes. I've met people before and been like, what is it about you? Mm -hmm. And I'll find out they're a believer and I'm like, ah. Got it. Bingo. <laughs> like that, that's that glow that no highlight can give you. And I had, and I had to get over the disappointment, honestly. Because once I was saved, it was like, oh, my God. Now God had to deal with all the nastiness. And he had to strip yeah. me of all these things. And it was painful. And it yeah. hurt. And uh, then he was quiet. And then, you know, all of these things were happening. And I was like, I didn't feel saved. Because I was like, in my, in my mind, I thought saved meant you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're on a high, life is good, you know, yeah. nothing could hit you, nothing could bother you, uh, you know what I mean, you're in a close uh, relationship mm -hmm. with God, but it was after I really was saved that I saw that it's, it's, it could be ugly sometimes, you know yeah. what I mean, the, the journey and the experience. Because yeah. the way I even look at it is like the Holy Spirit, like even that moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit comes within you almost in seed form. And the more we give our lives, the more we open up ourselves to God, it's like he unfolds himself and he unfolds wow. himself and it's a process. But we have to be willing on, you know, on that journey yeah. and not think that, just like you said, because I think a lot of people have that confusion that, you know, I was, oh, I just, I, you know, the, I was at church and there was an altar call yeah. and I came down and, but the next day I'm still dealing with pornography. Yeah. <laughs> and it's real life. Yeah. So even talking about that, what would you say, you know, from being saved were some of the lowest moments in your life while you had Jesus in your life? I can speak on that. <laughs> so so when I, when I met uh, Stephanie, I was a weed smoker. I was like five, I, no, seriously, I was five to seven blunts a day and I was just high, like I, I was high all the time and I used to say, God made weed, you know, so why, you know, I used to think it was a religious thing when people said you couldn't smoke yeah. weed. And so I was like, no, I ain't, I'm not changing that. I, lo I love weed too much. Yeah, I'm hold on to Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it was, God revealed to me, he was like, you're self-medicating and you're mm -hmm. relying on weed to be your savior. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. you're you're going to weed so that it can help, it can heal you or you can forget the trauma or the things that you've gone through and you're making weed your God and you're really addicted. And I used to be like, I'm not addicted to weed because weed's not addicted. <laughs> addictive, right? And when I tried to stop, I was like, oh my God, like I was so addicted I to this thing. And, and Stephanie would pray for me like, listen, like this is what's going on. And and so that's one of those things where I, at first I didn't feel as convicted, but God kept speaking to me on it. He's like, no, 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 no. These are the issues. Yeah. Um, and, and I was and I let it go and it was the hardest thing because it was a 10 year addiction you know what I mean like 10 years that was my best friend and so when God said let it go I really understood 
um, why you know that was the case, and so yeah, that's one of those things for me. <laughs> yeah. so that was oh, that, that was a so very interesting real. time. That is yeah, so real. I have to be honest. It was like yeah. I, I'm new to to my faith, like you know, in yeah. this relationship. But that's with God. the that's sometimes I always say sometimes that's the best way. It is like when you hear it from their perspective. Like I grew up in church, so sometimes even the things that I've been taught, I now question. Like yeah. I'm like, wait, like how does that work? Like something as simple as my fear of flying. Like I literally will think that if I have a bad thought on an airplane, like, cause that's my upbringing was if you do yeah. something wrong, God is going to punish you for it. If you think, you know, I only listen to worship music cause I'm like, if I listen to a ratchet song, Jesus is definitely bringing this plane down. <laughs> that is, and my husband always tells me, Adrian, that is not how God works. Yeah. Like that is not how he works. He's not out here to try to kill you, punish you and take you down. Like, but that's the thing. Like it's I was guilt. raised that way. Guilt. I was raised that I really believed that if I did something wrong, God was going to punish me for it. So I was always like, so it's funny how you deal with different things. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, yeah, yours was weed smoking. Mine may have been that now looking back, like some of the, I know it sounds dumb, but like some of the things I've worn, I'm like, what was I representing? Like what, even now, like I like sexier clothes. So mm -hmm. that for me, yeah. I have to be conscious of that. Like, what am I representing like what and then for me sometimes I'm like but it's just fashion yeah you know well, let me ask you though because yeah. you you said that you um had the, these thoughts like oh my god I'm, I'm doing something wrong mm -hmm. does that not lead to because I think that once once I got saved I started thinking that way too mm -hmm. yeah and I'm like everything is wrong everything's wrong and it led to me getting tired you know, when mm -hmm. you talk about being yes, numb, yeah. being numb, I got tired. And there were times where I was like, you know what? Forget this whole thing. Like, because yeah. if I have to spend every day just, oh my God, did I do that? Do, is this wrong? Is, is yeah. this wrong? It almost makes you feel like God is a punisher. You know what I mean, and he and he just has a heavy hand over you. You know what I mean, and it's yes. not. And what is interesting about yes. that, I think yeah. that God is is interested in your natural response to life. Oh wow! Because when we think of you know, like okay, oh, I don't want to say this thought because if I say it, you know, this is going to happen. But what was your first thought? You know, it was that thought. Yeah. And when what I look when in my relationship with God, I realized that He's interested in healing me or about my fears about all these things to the point that my natural response is what I'm pretending for it to be on a normal day does that make sense kind of yes I'm trying to like really because it's just it. like okay when we think about like yeah. the fear of f flying yeah. and it's like oh my gosh if I say how I feel yes. the then plane is really going to come be, down yeah. but you already feel that way yeah and God already yeah. knows how you feel. I know. And so it's like we, we mask all these things yeah. because we think like, oh, is God just this, you know, evil person oppressor, and oppressor yeah. and tyrant or something yeah. like that. And it's just that, no, God is interested in your, in that natural feeling. There's a natural feeling of fear yeah. and we have to be willing to show him that so that feeling can be healed. Yeah. Because if the natural feeling does not reflect him, then we should be able to express that to him. And I think that that's mm. why a lot of times people are more willing to hide their low points mm. because it's just like when the scriptures talk about, you know, in, in my weakness, he is my strength yeah. and that is real. But mm. we also have to acknowledge that there is a weakness, you know, where yeah. we're just like, oh, no, 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 God is my strength. I'm just good. I'm yeah. it's just, it's, just focus on it's great, you know, yeah. but we don't acknowledge what was that weak point in our lives. Yeah. What did What did that look like, mm. you know?
And now I'm at the point where I'll take it to God and I'll just say, God, you know, you know, this is my, these are my feelings. Yeah. This is what I'm feeling right now. I can't hide it from you. And, 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 I, and I feel God's embrace. Like, okay, we'll deal with it slowly. Yeah. But it's no need to cover it up because it's still there. So he'll mm-hmm. take it from the root and really change you, you know, exact. from the root. And, you'll, and, and slowly, like, there's been prayers where I've said, God, listen, I am, there was a time where I was so selfish because all I thought about was what I wanted and, you know, desires mm-hmm. that I had. And, um, and I was like, God, I desire these things above you. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. I desire marriage. It was a point in my life. And you talk about low points, the lowest points yeah. in my life. 2017 was one of the most spiritual warfare years <laughs> like you know, I ever had. Um, because I desired so much uh, marriage mm. to the point where I wanted it over God. Right. And, um, and God was showing me, so he was, he was leading me and he was showing me and and different things were happening. I had to deal with disappointments. I was going to get married um, to this guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and I had to deal with disappointment and God was showing me that, you know, I desired that over him. And, and so it's like, I had to learn God's character Mm -hmm. in that, that instance. Like why would God, you know, uh, the Bible says he won't, he won't tell his best from those that whose walk is blameless. You know what I mean? And so I had to realize what God's character was because I used to think that he he was spiteful. Like, why won't you? Because like, God, you could just wave a wand and, and make me marry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what's the you know what's the issue? And so I over time I had to learn his character and why he withholds certain things from me. And would you say that that put you in a depressed state? It did. Yeah. I mean, it put me in a depressed state because I couldn't recognize. Here I was, right? I came from, you know, having no money, being on facing eviction, living in Hawthorne. And then God brought me to a place of, I don't worry about money. You know, I was able to buy a house. All these things were happening for me. And I could not be grateful because the one thing, I used to tell God, I used to be like, yeah, that's cool. But you know what I really want. Like, you know the desire wow. that I want. You know what I really asked for. Like, why give me the secondary things? Wow. Give me the number one thing that I wanted. And I started to think God was spiteful. And so... For some reason in my head, I started thinking, he, God ain't going to, I'm going to be 60 and I'm never going to be married because God <laughs> knows that's the one thing that I want. And, you know, that goes back to the same thinking. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I had to realize that if God had given me, now I can look back on 2017 and said, if I had a husband, oh my God, I'm in divorce court right now. You know what I mean? My habits, I would be in divorce court. My husband divorce like, court. She, you know, she can't cut me. And, you know, oh, and not even just that, but it was just so, yeah. I had all these issues. My yeah. husband would never have been able to see me without my wig or my makeup. You know what I mean? Like, I had a lot of things that I had to work on before he could get me to that level. Mm -hmm. And so now I see it as, oh, he was holding me, um, he was holding, he was, he was keeping me from ruining myself and ruining a promise that he had for me, you know? Um, You know, that's so interesting because I think that, you know, when, even on this topic, saved and depressed, that a lot of the issues that we deal with, you know, as Christians, Mm -hmm. when it comes to depression, deals a lot with our relationship with God yeah. because it's um I think one of the major triggers that sends us in a depressive episode is always expectations like you know there's a scripture that talks about hope deferred makes the heart sick yeah and when I you know what what do you think are some of the unmet expectations that in the past put you in a you know this depressed state you know for me I think one of the one of my lowest points was um relationship things were like mm-hmm. big for me especially in my 20s oh my 20s suck <laughs> <laughs> they were awful 
And a lot of it had to do with wanting to be loved. And I was looking for this love. Mm. And uh, I, I, I love really hard. And so I expected that in return. And when I wouldn't receive that mm. kind of love that I wanted, um, it was incredibly hurtful. I think even at making a decision of being like uh, breaking an engagement, like that's not only depressing, but it's embarrassing. Mm. I think um, moments like that make, can make you feel so low because you feel like multiple, there's so many things that you think of in that moment that literally make you feel like, God, why do you feel so far from me? Mm. Like you're just like, if you have a plan and a purpose for my life, do you want to let me know what that plan and that purpose is? Like, wouldn't I know what that is for my yeah. life? And when I was having a really hard time making decisions, and it's like you said, my sister sent me this meme of Jesus holding me, a little girl holding a teddy bear. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. Oh, and you've seen it. And God holding uh, a really big mm -hmm. teddy bear behind his back. And the little girl says, God is saying, give me the teddy bear. And the little girl is like, I don't want to, Jesus. I, I really, this is, like, I love it. And the little girl doesn't realize that he's got this huge, big, amazing, plush yeah. teddy bear yeah. behind him. And for me, I know, I know that I know that I know I have a praying mom. And I know that I know that I know that God had spoken to me and told me that that was not the man for me. But I wanted that. Mm. Like so I that that's that's what I was <laughs> on I some I've been through too much. I deserve it. I yes. want Did God it. really say? <laughs> but you know no. what, what that meme that you're talking about? The meme shows her holding the bear and God holding the mm -hmm. bear behind his back. It doesn't show when she gives the bear and God has two of the bears <laughs> and there's nothing in your head. You like, wait, the, the okay. you know I gave up the bear. So I need that big bear. Like, we, we don't know the time. We don't know the time frame. Yeah, you don't know the time frame. Exactly. <laughs> and in that true. middle area, mm -hmm. and I'm sure so many women can relate to that. You, you, you're like, well, then what? Then what? Then what happens then? Mm -hmm. If I give back this ring and I and I. I've had all these years with this person. Like, for me, the sadness yeah. was it was the end of an era. Yeah. Like, like something I thought I wanted so badly, mm -hmm. I know is not what's right for me. I love this conversation yeah. so much because I think one of the major unmet expectations yeah. that a lot of people have is centers on relationships. Yes. It centers on, yes. you know, God, when is my husband coming? When is my wife coming? And I and it's crazy because, you know, I was even reading how loneliness is like the the percentage that it will shorten life expectancy yes. is one of the highest. And so it just shows you that people desire like relationship and connection mm -hmm. more than anything. Companionship with yeah. somebody else. And I I thought I was never gonna get that. I I thought I even went through a period where like I would talk to my mom. My mom is like the most amazing woman of God and I would talk to her on the phone and I even had an angry moment with her like, why did you love me the way that you did as a child? Mm -hmm. The way I, you loved me when I was a child. You told me you're beautiful. I, I was told I was loved every day. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to go seek that in relationships, I wasn't receiving that. Like, mm -hmm. like I even had a guy so much as tell me, I don't tell you you're pretty because you already know you're pretty. I'm not gonna tell you you're pretty. Mm -hmm. Like that was like a thing. So did Israel wow. tell you you're pretty every single day. Like, so you got what you desired. Yo, but the difference is it didn't come in the package. I thought, you know how much wrong was wrong with him. <laughs> you understand? Like, had I had had any had I gone off of logic, mm -hmm. I would never be as happy as I am today. 
Wow. Like I actually went against what against what was what logically makes I'm not an idiot, I'm not stupid. I read everything you read. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I genuinely felt led by the Holy Spirit, like, yo, th- this is the one for you. Where I felt for people that were perfect, who had no ex-wives, who had no children, who had no mm. but I would literally feel repellent to them. But they mm. were they were on paper. And what probably the public would have thought would have been yeah. perfect for me. Mm-hmm. And I literally felt repellent to it in my spirit. Wow. Whereas Israel was the worst look I ever could have gone with. I was the worst look for him. He is the worst look for me. But in the storm, I felt so much peace. Like what looked like a circus on the outside to everyone yeah. else. Mm-hmm. We were at home like this. <laughs> and, and it made no you, sense. Do you think that a lot of times what we struggle with yeah. is not what we know, but yeah. we're struggling with how people perceive Everything is on ha- perception. Yeah. Everything is about, well, what will someone say about me? And yeah. that, that for me is when I say church culture, like what mm-hmm. you didn't grow up in, but like sometimes maybe us is we're holding this thing together. What will people think of my family? Exactly. What, will people, what people will say, well, then uh, Nilda wasn't praying hard enough because look how her daughter turned out. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like, there's this perception. Because it's, it's of even what interesting how, like, you know, how, so for example, earlier we talked about, you know, what are the first thoughts when you think of a pastor committing suicide? Yeah. And not too long ago, you know, it was on the news about this pastor who had committed suicide. Yeah, and from an outside um, view, people would say, you know, but why wouldn't God? Like, why would God allow him to do that? Why yeah. wouldn't God heal him? Because it was even, the wife had talked about that he was diagnosed as clinically um, depressed. depressed yeah. But what is interesting to me is that when I read the wife's blogs, she has peace. Like, she, she has, you. you know, she struggles with, uh, you know, certain things. But when I was reading her blogs, she's still giving God the glory. And yeah. she has a peace in her heart. And it just shows me that sometimes it's not what, when we, the questions that we have about, well, if God is real, why would he allow that? Yeah. But the person you're speaking about is okay. And so mm-hmm. yeah. I find that's, that so it's interesting. Peace that yeah. surpasses all our yeah. understanding. We don't understand it, but he does. So it's like when I look back at moments like that, I can't help but know that God, like again, God is real. There's no, there's no way that mm-hmm. I went from how I felt two years ago mm-hmm. to the way I feel sitting here today. Like, I don't know who that girl was. Yeah. I don't know. My mom would come to my house when I lived in New York and I would be shaking and I would be like, but I love him. Like, ba- like bad. But <laughs> she would be like, this is not normal. Like, he's a human man. He's not God. Somebody else. Not Israel. No, no, no. I know. That's you that's, know that's the first one of the first times that you know it's unhealthy. Yeah. I used to be, it was an obsession. No. And my, and my family would be like, and I'm like, God told me he's the one. I, I really thought he was the one. <laughs> and my family was like, I don't know. This don't look like God. God wouldn't send you a man that you're this obsessed with. No, like that I would be unhealthy. If something yeah. went wrong, I'd be like, my butt wasn't big enough. Maybe I just wasn't, yeah. I, maybe I didn't, um, I should have done that. Like I would come up with these things and drive myself to the point where my mom yeah. walked into my house one day. I'm there in the bed like, <laughs> and she was like, in the name of Jesus, like, mm-hmm. you will not. <laughs> you no. didn't come out of this. <laughs> get out. Like, she was yeah. like, this is not of God. Like, yeah. get off of this. That's what I believe. Yeah. Like, yo, I, you couldn't tell me. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, I would have fought. Like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And wow. that goes to show you, like, when I look back at who that person is and who I can't even recognize who that is, I, it makes no sense to me at all. And that, that can only be God. That can mm-hmm. only be God. So have you, because 
you know, there are some women who never get married. Yeah. yeah. And they desire it so much. I know a couple, right? And so how would you have reconciled your relationship with God if I never, never did? Gave, if he never gave you that? If he never gave me that, I feel like this is just, again, this isn't my logic. My logic would say that then God would remove the desire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so until that desire goes away, then that means, and there's a longing for that there, then that means he's on his way. Because I actually also know women yeah. that at some point get to a place that goes, I'm actually really happy and I'm okay. Mm -hmm. But then he, I know And women. then they sometimes... God sends them somebody. I don't know. Yeah, what I have a friend actually who her mother got um, married at like sixty or like sixty three. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Like just you know at first time marriage. <laughs> like and yeah, again you could be like, but that's not what I want. Right. Honestly, for a long time that was one of the scariest thoughts to me. You yeah. Yeah. I, you oh my God! God. <laughs> you will wait until I'm sixty okay. to give me a. Let me prove something to you. You would think. I desired. Mm. You think I went and said, mm. "I want, I want." When I get married, I want it to be completely overshadowed by mad scandal. Then I want to marry a guy <laughs> who has, you know, baby moms and children, and like that would just yeah. be divine. That's, that literally was the opposite of right. what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Similar to the conversation we were having a little bit before this, which was about heaven and how we don't understand how we'll feel up there because it's yeah. something we've never experienced. Mm -hmm. Same concept. I uh, I literally love my husband. Like I like like I like completely different than what I have ever felt before because yeah. it's a different it's just a different kind of love. I couldn't even explain it. With that being said, it's not what I thought I Initially, wanted, mm. but it's perfect. It's it, it's perfect for what God wanted for my life. So mm -hmm. even though I'm not claiming this on your life, but if you got married at sixty, even if you said like that's not, that, exactly, that's not what I want in my life, you might get there and be like, "Yo, this is exactly what well, you know, it was supposed but, but to be." But something that you're saying yeah. that I love because when you were in that you know the yeah. relationship that you know yeah. was not for you, yeah. and you had yeah. to go through a process of mourning yeah. oh, and letting I had that to go. And even when we talk about that whole picture of Jesus having, you know, Jesus having something better for you, but you don't see it and you don't know the timeline. Yeah. And I wonder that when we think about unmet expectations, yeah. that even though someone right now watching this could be in a place where they're like, you know what, I've been believing God for this for a long time. Yeah. Is he going to give it to me? Because I'm a believer that a desire is, especially when that desire has been, you know, is, is coming from like, a, a, a place of truth yeah. and not a place of outside, yeah. you know, sources or noise or, or things like that. What society of expects of you. Yeah. I do believe that a desire is the evidence of what is, what God will bring. But yeah. I also recognize that, you know, when we are in a place of pain and mourning and we don't understand, it doesn't, our story's still unfolding. Yeah. And I think we do have to be, like a story like yours where, you know, relationship was such a big thing to yeah. you, but then you had, you never saw Israel at the, at the end of the door when you were mourning this man, no. you yeah. know? So it's like that patience to, even though those unmet expectations, the patience to still believe that, you know what, God, yeah. it may not be right now, but it's unfolding. Yeah. You know what? I, there was a, moment because you talk about the desire and God taking that desire to your heart there was a moment where I got so angry with God because I said God 
you know how this pains me to desire something and not get it, mm-hmm. you, you know, or have to wait for it. Mm-hmm. So just take it out of my heart. It'll be easy. Yeah. And God told me, he said, I can't take this desire out of your heart because one, I'm using your desire to shape you. You know, if you didn't desire this so much, you wouldn't seek me so hard. That's mm-hmm. true. So that's number one. And then the second thing was, he's like, you need to learn how to have healthy desires. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to check it. If I take it out of you, it's too easy. That's right. You would never learn how to have, have healthy desires, how to check your desires, how to put me first. And sometimes what we desire is not what God desires, what God knows is good for mm-hmm. us. And so there will be some people who will never be a mother who desired a child, but you have to learn that if it was good for you, if it was something that he, that God felt that um, you needed to have or, or that would be good for you, he would give it to you. Yeah. And, it, and sometimes he doesn't give things to us because... It's not good for us. And to me, that was the that was the peaceful thing that took over. Yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to pray for these things. I'm going to believe in God for these things, knowing that he can do it. But if I never get it, and, and that was somebody asked me, they said, if you never get married or if you never get some of the other desires of your heart, um, would you still love God? Or would you, you know, would it, t- would it hurt your relationship with God? And at first I was like, it was just like this thing inside of you. know how you feel that thing inside of you? Where it's I feel like, that way about like children. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, same. you know, like it's this irritation inside of you. You don't even know what the, an- do you know what the answer is? I know now. It took me a long time to get there. And I'm like, mm. I will still love God because I would know that he did that for my best oh my, interest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think some people, whether it's um, wanting a career or whether it's wanting, uh, uh, I don't know, health, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or anything. Um, a, a loved one to stay alive, you know, or, or anything. Sometimes you have to understand that you have to get so close to God that his will becomes your your will. Yeah. What he desires for you becomes what you desire for yourself. Like that time when you were like, God, whatever, if you want me to. Yeah. There was times where I was like, okay, if you want me to be a missionary, to just go <laughs> and be just, you know, then I have to get used to that. That's yeah. what you want me to do. Like, yeah. we're, you know, I Some, think we, we come here. your brokenness yeah. and your lowest point yeah. and your depression and what you're going through. You can you can find a way to make yeah. that draw you so much closer, closer to, to God. God. There is and, a way. Because you even mentioned that's how you feel with children. Yeah. Have you answered that question? If God never yeah. made you like not had you, you never became pregnant, yeah. for instance, how would you feel? I would feel so devastated, mm-hmm. but exactly the same way. Like mm-hmm. I would have to believe that there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd have to believe that God was doing it for my own good. Even even when I look at timing and I'm like, God, but you didn't do it in my timing. I was supposed to get pregnant in August so that I can give birth in the summer when we're on hiatus. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we try to mm-hmm. plan. Control. And now yeah. that's devastating. I don't want anybody to think that I was sitting up here like, okay, well, that didn't work out. And I yeah. just kept, no, yeah. like, it, it, I'm yeah. human that killed. Like, you're just like, you have so many questions and you're like, well, why? Like, why? Because I think something we're touching on really is the character of God. That, yeah. you know, when, because for us to say that if this never happened, God, I will still love you, then that means we have come to learn something yeah. about his character that says, you are really for me. You yes. are really, like, I you love me, you are for me. And so I do believe that, you know, sometimes life and experiences mm-hmm. and circumstances have put on identities and personalities on mm-hmm. us that when God is stripping us to the core of who we are, it go, there's a lot of mourning, there's a lot of pain, yeah. there's a lot of just, mm-hmm. there's this, you know, almost just like, you know, demasking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so funny. I was talking, me and my sister were on the couch um, yesterday. We were, t- I love having deep conversations with my sister. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about um, 
you know, yeah, I know you. I don't want to make it seem like the devil does everything. Because we were no, talking no, about no, that. No, no, that was a liar. No, no but, <laughs> but we were talking about how the devil. Um, that's where he comes in the strongest. Is when mm-hmm. you want something from God and you don't get it then he begins to taint God's character. And once yeah. he taints God's character yes. enough, you, it's like a friend. When you, your friend does something, and you're like, mm, I don't know if I can trust you anymore. Right. He even did it with Eve. When mm-hmm. Eve, he, he, Eve desired something from that tree that he, that he made her believe she could get from the tree, right? And so when, when the devil says, oh, well, God doesn't want you to have it because he doesn't want you to be all-knowing. It's, it's, right. then, it's when you want something that, that you can't that have. that vulnerability makes you yeah. almost start questioning what brought you there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, well, God, oh, so you don't want me to have wow. this because yeah. of the, You know what I mean? And so it's like that's where the devil comes into the relationship and begins to taint God's character, and, and, and distrust comes. And when you distrust yeah. God, then... You can't, you know what I mean? You can't get in line with his plan for your life. Because the thing is that it's just like, you know, earlier we talked about how the peace of the Lord surpasses all understanding. It's beyond what we understand. And I do believe that when we are talking about God, like this is someone who, he he can do anything. And I, I think it's almost like in life, like when we talk about even what it looks like to be saved. And if being saved is coming to that place where we do look like, Jesus, we do look like him. We do have, you know, the the personality. We're not bound by things or or what you know, all these things that society tells us, or even yeah. the things that sometimes we desire, but we don't know where they're coming from. But I do believe that God takes us through this process to get back to the place that you are my number one. Mm-hmm. Because then you can do anything. And even the pain I've been through, I can come to a place of peace and understanding, even if I'm not there now. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like this road of trust that God, I like whatever is has kept me like this desire. I've I've put this above you. I think that sometimes in life, the things that we don't understand is just like we were having a conversation earlier. You were talking about your ex. Yeah, in that space and time, you thought you know the world could end today. It's over. Yeah, <laughs> that your I mom really, has to come and say the I name really of Jesus. That. So it's. I think that those moments are very similar to the moments that we have even now, even when it's about things that we're like, God, is this ever gonna happen? It's a moment yeah. of questioning. It's a mm-hmm. moment of mourning. It's a moment, but at the end of the day, God is like, I want to give you everything. I just don't want it to have you. Because even when we think of like marriage and God could say, no, I could give you, you could be married tomorrow if you wanted to. But would your spouse take you away from the very reason you're on the earth? If that is your number one thing. And you could be pregnant right now. Yeah. And you don't know. Like there are things that it's, these are heavy topics. But when we recognize who God is, Mm -hmm. it's God. Like he can do anything. And when we go back to his character and when... Mm -hmm. When we recognize that, wait, no, God is love. And I think that's one thing in culture that we have misunderstood is what love is. Because mm-hmm. when we think about love, and I think you that that is, everything we I think want. you give You're me nice everything me. I want when yeah. I want it, when I need it right now, but that's what culture presents as love. And mm-hmm. so I think that when people come to God and they don't see that in him, it's like, wait, you didn't give me this. Actually, you took things from me. What's, yeah. what's going on here? But love in itself, there's, there's sacrifices. Love in itself is not just this pretty picture when I think about like I always go back to you know God's relationship with men in the Bible how Jesus related with people in the Bible and something I learned recently is that those that God called his friends Mm -hmm. they had to experience his nose it's so true like 
Yeah, I just, like, even with the child thing, like, yeah. waiting for that and yeah. just being like, okay, well, why didn't that work out in my timing? And I have to release that to God and just mm -hmm. be like, it's in your timing again. And that that can make somebody fall into the deepest depression, feeling like because you didn't get what you wanted, mm -hmm. that God is so far from you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to become okay with the unknown. That's God true. God's going to put you in a lot of blind spots. Yes. Where you That's don't know, true. You don't know what's going on. And you have to be okay with saying... Okay, God, just do do. You have to have trust in Him and be yeah. okay and say, "I'm not going." No, I would love to have the title of every season before I go into it. Like, this sure, is a, well. this is the yeah. just give me the book. This, this yeah. is the that. I used to ask yeah. that. Just tell me the season so I could understand what's going on. You know, yeah. um, but that's not what how God mm -hmm. works. That's not how that's not how He works at all. That's beautiful. Well, I want us to um, close in prayer yeah. and actually want to even use this moment because you know, when as we're talking about this topic, saved and depressed, mm -hmm. it's we're going into a lot of the things that trigger people's, um, you know, just depressive states. And one of those major things being, you know, unmet expectations. And so one thing I want us to pray into is unmet expectations. But I also want us to pray into your desire for a child. Thank you. Yeah. And so let's... Um, thank you. Yeah. Father God, we just thank you for such a beautiful conversation, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that everyone that has even listened to this conversation, Lord, that you have even, that as they're thinking of the unmet expectations in their life, Lord God, I thank you that they would not become numb to you. I thank you, Lord God, that their hope would be rooted in who you are, Lord Jesus. And I just take this moment, Father God, that even as we have Adrian joining us, Lord God, and we talked about the desire to have a child, Lord, you know the desire of our heart. And we thank you, Lord God, that your will will be established in her life. And it is a will, Lord God, that she would be in agreement with, Father God. And we just believe that you can, you do, it, you can do anything. And so we thank you, Lord, that this desire is an evidence, Lord God, of what you already have for her. And we thank you for the process that you have brought her through. We thank you for where you're leading her into, Lord God. And we thank you that... Even just now you're putting this on my heart that what if this whole season of being able to wait and believe because I just believe that there is something in our heart that says I'm waiting for the perfect time. I'm trusting in God for the perfect time. What if that is something that she would instill in her child? And so, Lord God, we just speak to everyone watching right now, everyone that has an unmet desire, but there's but something about that desire they cannot shake off. Lord God, that we thank you that in the end, it would all make sense. In the end, Lord God, it would all make sense. And even now, Father God, may your peace come upon them. May your peace rest upon them, that every lie of the enemy would be canceled right now. Everything that says that, you know what, is God really good? Anything that makes them question your character, Lord, that this conversation will be the light that shines through. And so we thank you, Father God. Have your way in the lives of each and every one watching and in the lives of each and every one of us here. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This is awesome. <laughs> Next, on the same room. I had a conversation with Bishop T.D. Jakes and he quoted Tyler Perry. And you know, Tyler Perry has this quote, he just says, get the worry, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, just, I, I didn't, I didn't feel qualified to be in the position that I was in regardless of how hard sure. I've worked you know I don't feel like I have any particular talent any particular skill set that, that got me to this point I don't necessarily believe in luck I just mm -hmm. believe in you know this is what 
this is where God wanted me to be. And that's what, that's what Bishop T.D. Jakes told me. He said, even if you don't feel like, you know, yeah. you're worthy, know that God feels like right. you're worthy to be where you are.